Are you a student looking for an inspiring career journey? Maybe you are a recent graduate trying to navigate your career path on your own. Or perhaps you are an alum wanting to make a positive impact through teaching and mentorship. If any of those scenarios apply to you, then check out CM Universe, an online mentoring platform for CMU students and alumni. Thousands have already joined the platform. Connect with a network of Tartans dedicated to pursuing their passions and sign up for an account at cmuniverse.peoplegrove.com. That's C-M-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E dot peoplegrove.com. CM Universe, creating professional connections at Carnegie Mellon University. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Scotty Stories. I'm your student host, Aparna, and today I'll be talking to Amy Kispe. Amy, we'd love for you to tell us about yourself. Hi, Aparna. Uh, really great to be here. Um, so, yeah, my name is Amy Kispe. Um, I'm currently 30 years old. Uh, I went to Carnegie Mellon from 2009 to 2013. Um, I technically didn't graduate at the time. It took me until 2016 to actually graduate. Uh, it was a computer science degree and it took a little while to finish up those systems courses. Um, and uh, currently I am, uh, my title is a digital services expert. I work in civic tech, which means I work at, in the government um, as a technologist, as someone who uh, knows how to um, not only do technology but how to make things happen um and i currently work for a group called the u.s digital service uh which is um we like to call ourselves i think a startup in the white house um but basically we work in the federal government and we work with a lot of different groups and a lot of different agencies uh it was founded out of the healthcare.gov uh, fiasco in 2015 um, and it brings um, technologists into um, the federal government to work on all sorts of different projects. Uh, before then my career was a little bit more Silicon Valley um, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah I I would love for you to maybe tell us about your time at CMU. Would you say you have like a favorite memory? Uh, so I would say that um, CMU was really lots of ups and downs for me. Uh, it's hard but worth it, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, the last two years of my time at CMU, I spent a lot of time on bigger projects, um, such as founding Scotty Labs. Um, but actually, one of my favorite memories uh, was a project of mine that I called Project Pausch Bridge. Um, so the Pausch Bridge uh, physically connects the School of Drama and the School of Computer Science. It's supposed to be an homage to um, Randy Pausch and his uh, idea of connecting the arts and the sciences. Um, but we also knew that these students weren't actually interacting with each other that much, at least not from where I stood. Um, and so one thing we did was we actually got together a group of students to uh, put up a computer cluster overnight in Purnell. Um, and 
it felt so much like uh, like a secret mission, but we we did get um, buy-in from the School of Drama to do this. Uh, it was, I remember it was like three in the morning and we were driving uh, down Craig Street, holding whiteboards outside the car because it didn't fit in the car um, to try to build a computer cluster in the middle of the, the lobby there. Uh, we got some of the mobile cluster that was used by the 213 TAs, I think. And then we set up these computers, we set up desks, we set up whiteboards around. We tried to make it welcoming. We went to the cluster on the third floor gate and actually told people uh, to, to come into the School of Drama for the day. Uh, and people actually interacted. It was a really special day. It was really fun. Um, but also it was just so fun, like setting things up in the middle of the night, trying to make something different happen. No, that's that's incredible. I would love to know just what else you were like involved in on campus, because that's that's really something. Uh, I was involved in a lot of uh, things, both troublemaking and, and not. <laughs> um, I would say that almost everything I did was somehow um, connected to SES. Um, I think um, I was like our class senator. Um, and I remember even though no one was actually running, I like ran a really serious campaign. I made all these posters. I just like really wanted to make sure people felt good about this, even though it, it could have just been a shoe in position. Remember we held these great town halls. Um, there was Scotty Labs, of course. Um, but I would say the only thing I remember, like an official extracurricular at least doing that was not like CS related or School of Computer Science related, um, was I was actually the host of a show uh, on the radio station. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of in your position like you are now. I, I was there once too. Very cool. Um, you mentioned Scotty Labs, and I'm sure everyone would just love to hear you talk about what it is and how it started. Um, so I think the current Scotty Labs will probably give you a better description of what it is now. I think it's been different every year. Um, but basically, it's a technical organization on campus that um, tries to help people be creative with technology. Um, one of their big events every year is Tartan Hacks, which is a hackathon. Um, but they also do things like make APIs for the campus data, or they make have workshops where, they, where students can teach other students um, skills that they might want to learn. So for example, in your computer science classes, you might learn um, some really fundamental things. But if you're like, well, how do I turn this knowledge into building an app that I have a really good idea for? Scotty Labs is, is who you want to talk to. Um, they're the ones who actually know or will make sure you learn how to build the things you want to build, um, whether that's through hackathons or through providing these APIs or through uh, workshops or probably all sorts of other things they're doing. I don't even know. I did not, ex this was, this past year was the 10th Tartan Hacks. Like I was surprised we even did the second Tartan Hacks, much less the first. <laughs> um, we were 
a real rebel organization at the time. We were so rogue. We were fighting against the system. We wanted APIs for school data. Um, and the first hackathon, the entire point was just to promote the APIs, which were not done by that time. Um, but, you know, I think that it was such an incredible group of people. We just felt really dedicated to making it the best hackathon. And then when we had the hackathon, we said, oh, well, people have all these, they, you know, they want to learn Rails. Like, what are they going to do? So we started putting, thinking of, so then we added um, crash courses before the hackathon. Um, and every single thing we did, um, we just had such an incredible group of people. We were thoughtful about that project and we made sure to make that project something students actually wanted to attend. We kind of knocked it out of the park. And then we realized people wanted more. People wanted more of these things. Um, it really wasn't founded as a club. It wasn't even founded as a group of friends. <laughs> it was um, people who were dedicated to this idea that there were all these students at the school who had the skills to make big things. And we wanted to make sure they actually made big things. I would love to hear about just where you found this passion for computer science and extending it to people. Um, so I was a kid programmer. Um, I, I took uh, CS classes in high school. I was really grateful to have gone to a high school at the time that had like a real computer science program. Um, but, you know, as a, I would say as a middle schooler, high schooler, like programming was to do maybe manual things, um, repetitive tasks, um, maybe some party tricks. I remember, uh, writing some really basic things. Um, or it was like math, but useful. Um, it really wasn't a passion. It was just something that I latched onto. It was, right. it, um, and then when I came to CMU, I think I was exposed to so many really great ideas in computer science, but what I kept getting exposed to as well was just the idea of people creating something, starting something new. Like I very much realized that we had these tools, we had the power to kind of solve the problems around us, change the world around us. And not everyone realized how much power they really had. Um, some of the original projects that really started off the entire Scotty Labs journey. Um, I remember talking to students, I'll back up a little bit. So I was running for student senate. Right. Um, and I was talking to computer science students about what they were interested in, what they needed. And one friend said to me, we need like really good like APIs for like school data. Like, so students can build apps on top of this. We need like good libraries. And I was thinking like, it's a very interesting idea. Do we actually need this? Is this something people would 
care about. And the more and more students I talked to, the more I realized that so many students had tried to build their own scheduling app at some point. So many students had tried to build um, little side projects. Um, one of the, so Vinay, who was the co-founder of Scotty Labs, really the first person to join my effort. He wasn't a very close friend at the time, but he told me he had tried to make an app to order from the dining locations on campus. Um, and he had gone online and looked at the menus and they were images. And so he manually made this XML. Uh, and I asked him, do you wanna make sure no one ever has to do that again? And he said, sure. And from then on, we were a team. Um, and, you know, people like Vinay, people like me who are in the computer science program, I realized they needed an actual, the actual resources to build the things they wanted to build around them. Um, they needed dedicated time, like a hackathon. They needed um, this like supplementary kind of educational material uh, because I wanted them to keep that inspiration. So many of the students who told me about that first scheduling app that they built, um, they would get blocked. There would be too much homework. There wasn't the dedicated time. They, you know, not everyone was willing to like look at the image files and manually make XML. Plenty of people were gonna just like give up at that point. Um, not everyone is going to um, take the time that they need to learn an unknowable amount of information. Um, they wanna feel like something's tangible. And I personally felt very strongly that if you don't think you can solve the problems around you in a university setting, how are you going to feel like you can solve the bigger problems around you in the world? Like I knew a lot of people were going to go off and be software engineers. And I wanted to know like, are they gonna take initiative? Like, are they going to see things around them and, and build new things? Or are they not going to realize how much power they have? Are they not gonna realize they have the tools to change the world? I was wondering if you'd say that CMU kind of strengthened this mindset of doing rather than following, you know, leading by example. For yeah, you. I think that's yeah. my time for, yeah, for me and for my time at CMU, it was so important to, um, to do and to realize there were results there. Um, and, you know, I think that the journey I'm talking about other people going on, removing their blockers and letting them realize they can do things. I was on that same journey. <laughs> I, I also realized while I was um, doing these kinds of projects that I can do things, um, that I can um, find other people who to work with. Um, I think one thing that was so amazing about Scotty Labs was um, I barely knew Vinay and he was the first person that I signed on with. Um, he pulled in a friend of his from uh, that they had done Robo Club together. That friend pulled in a different friend of his and she was in um, 
the IS program and was more of a designer type. Um, two more people who joined in. Um, we'd been having a meeting and I kind of knew them. I kind of didn't. Um, they were designers. Um, they came in and they sat in the back of like the classroom where we were having our meeting, uh, just eating their lunch. And by the end of that session, they were part of it. They had assignments. They were, they were working on this. Um, and we were people from a lot of different disciplines with a lot of different strengths and weaknesses. Um, and we weren't like just a group of friends. I talked to so many people and so many people became part of that group that like really started things. But I think Carnegie Mellon really taught me how to work with so many different types of people. It taught me how to seek out so many different types of people. And it taught me how much we can do together. So I guess kind of in that same vein, what is some advice you might give, I guess, like maybe a freshman SCS student at CMU? Uh, you know, the classes are great. Don't, don't underestimate that, but it's not the only way you learn things. Um, and you should do whatever it is that lights your fire. Actually, my, my partner also went to CMU and he was not into the hackathon thing at all. He was really into um, competitive programming and he still is. Um, and I think that you get better at things by doing them and classes are one way to do and other things are also other ways to do. And it doesn't have to necessarily be coding, but whatever it is that motivates you, you need to do it and you need to do it more. You need to find ways to do it. And if you don't find ways to do it that appeal to you, you need to make ways to do it because you're not the only person. So where did you find yourself right after graduating from CMU? Like, I'd love to know your journey to like maybe, you know, looking at your first job, like straight out yeah. of college. So um, I interviewed very aggressively, <laughs> I remember. Um, I really felt like I should go to Silicon Valley. Um, I wanted to not just go to Silicon Valley, I wanted to go to like a real Silicon Valley startup. Uh, and I ended up at a startup in San Francisco, um, which I know is technically not the valley, Close but that was, the, that was the scene. That was yeah. where the scene was at the time. Um, I ended up at a startup, it was really small and it was a disaster. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Oh no. <laughs> I was only there for a month. Wow. Um, my first week I knew I had to get out of there, but I kept telling myself I would wait until I got a new job lined up. But by the end of the fourth week, that even that wasn't viable, <laughs> was not worth it to stay. <laughs> um, obviously my parents freaked out. I moved across the country to uh, go to this job um, as I mentioned earlier, I hadn't finished my degree at the time and it didn't work out. And after that, I ended up at Google, which was a very different kind of place, but it was a place that made sense for me at the time, um, for where I was. I had a very good manager when I was there, best manager of my career, I still say. Sometimes things don't work out. It's okay. We make the best of it. You know, there's nothing wrong with going to Google, right? <laughs> like that's, that's a, plenty of people's dream company but it hadn't been my plan. I think that it was really important for me to spend the time in the Bay Area. I think that if I hadn't, I would wonder what I was missing. 
But after all of that, I really wanted to go back to New York. I grew up in New York. I missed it. And um, I moved back. Since I was in New York, um, I worked for Medium for a little while. They were about 100 to 150-ish people when I was there. Medium was mostly based in San Francisco at the time. I was in the New York office. I flew out to San Francisco a lot. But I also got to travel. I got to work with a lot of our publishing partners. And then after that, I was at Facebook for a little while. And one thing I would say that I did that wasn't very typical, because I think all of these sound like kind of names people know, is a lot of times I went for jobs that weren't pure engineering. They were a little bit more people-focused. Ultimately, most engineering is people-focused. Like, even if you're building infrastructure, it needs to be, like, user-friendly. Maybe the other user is the developer. Um, even if it's not directly a developer tool, you need to do that. Um, if you're working closer to the user, it's definitely more user-focused. But I would say that, you know, I did developer relations and I did, I worked with people who weren't necessarily technical or who were technical counterparts at other organizations. And I would say that's like having jobs that had a little bit more talking to them than the average developer job fit me more. And for a long time, I, uh, I felt less than as an engineer because of that, but I've, I've come to peace with it. I'm glad you got there because I think that's definitely, like I, I'm majoring in a STEM subject mm-hmm. and that is something I think about a lot. Like if I'm not going to go into cars, is, does what I do also count? But I like, I think a lot of us are glad to know that you get over it at some point, you know, that feeling. Um, I think I'd also just like to know, just because that is like quite a journey you've taken us on from graduation, I guess. I know you can't talk too much about your current job, but what do you think is next for you? I have no idea what's next for me. And that's exciting. I feel like I have so many great skills and I've worked with so many great people over the years that opportunities are going to present themselves. I know it's a little big headed, but that's, that's really real. Like people, I will say this, having worked at kind of bigger companies and smaller companies and now in civic tech, the way that I think about impact has changed so much. I think that that's something that I'll be looking for in anything I do going forward. Um, Because it's not just about number of people that you impact. Um, it's about how you impact them. If someone is unable to get their unemployment check, like that has so much more of a real impact than if the button's the right color, they're gonna click on. Um, Even if a billion people click that button. Um, That being said, there are things you can do, like there, you know, it's it's just very hard to figure, to untangle that, right? I know a lot of people talk about how startups are so important because even if they're small right now if you can build them into something bigger or if you can change the way an industry thinks about something that's also impact and I think that that's something I will be looking for in in any other things I do I think that um back in it must have been April March maybe May I was thinking like oh like am I never going to take a COVID test again I was wrong I I took a COVID test today. (laughs) Um, 
I also look at my career and there were many points where I thought like, am I never going to code again? Um, and that's about as true as the COVID testing. <laughs> I'm probably gonna code again. And even if there's a point where I never code again, I'm never going to forget what I've learned by being not just a programmer, but a computer science um, person, someone who actually uh, understands all of the things I understand. Um, I think that my education and experience has changed the way that I think about things and that's going to change the way I approach problems for the rest of my life. And I think that regardless of what degree you get at CMU and then what experience you have, people can't take away that experience. People can't take away that degree. And when you graduate with your mechanical engineering degree, you're, you're gonna, that's gonna impact the way you think for the rest of your life. You'll always have that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. I guess I, I think this has been like a very valuable podcast for me personally. And I think our entire audience is going to enjoy this a lot, which is why I feel almost kind of silly because one thing we've been trying to do is kind of end it with a fun fact, you know, about you. But, a very fun fact. <laughs> but like, I actually do have um, a question from the current mm-hmm. director of Scotty Labs, who's my friend, Anushka <gasps> Saxena. Yeah, yeah. She, she's asking a question that I don't understand, but I'm, it's for you. She wanted to know how you feel about your code base. Oh my God. Okay. Listen, having now worked in government, I can tell you that you should never underestimate the longevity of your worst code. Like whatever code you leave behind, that's going to be there forever. I think we... We made good choices at the time, but we did not make tenure choices. (laughs) I'm surprised if, I would be really surprised. I think they they must still be using some things we did. Oh, that is, that is harsh. Hey, I, I'm just the messenger. I I wish I could say something more to that, but. (laughs) Oh, no, no, that's fine. I appreciate that. However, I say hi, by the way. Absolutely. What is a movie that you think everyone should watch? a movie that I think everyone yeah. should watch. Well, I will say that I um, I really like some of the hacker classics, like Hackers or um, War Games, but I don't feel like that's something everyone should watch. Stranger Than Fiction. That's a movie I really like. I think it's very sweet. And I think that's not just a movie everyone should watch, but I think it's a movie everyone can watch. It's so much more than just a love story. It's it's a movie that's about, you know, what makes us, what makes someone themselves. Well, I will take a look for sure. That was a very, very interesting preview. <laughs> um, but I just want to thank you so much for, you know, taking some time to talk to me today and talk to, I guess, everyone at CMU as an alum. And I wish you all the best in everything that you have going on. Thanks so much. Thank you so much.